ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so Continuing from where we left off last time, we were discussing the chapter regarding Bab Man Haqqaqat Tawheed Dakhal Al-Jannah Bighayri Hisab That the one who actualizes Tawheed enters paradise without accountability. And the first ayah in this particular chapter that a Sheikh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab rahimahullahu ta'ala mentions is the ayah <coughs> inna Ibrahim kana ummatan qanitan lillah hanifa wa lam yakun minal mushrikeen that indeed Ibrahim alayhi salam he was an ummah, qanitan, the meaning of that we will come to in a moment, lillahi hanifan, the meaning of that will be explained also, walam yakumin al mushrikeen, and he was not from the mushrikeen. This chapter now is talking about Ibrahim alayhi salam at the beginning of it, the ayah regarding Ibrahim alayhi salam, and he was the imam of Tawheed in his time, and as we mentioned, he was sent to a group of people who did not, uh, were not upon Islam. Ibrahim alayhi salam, huwa imam al-muhaqqiqeen al-tawheed, ba'athahu Allah azza wa jal, lamma ghatta shirk, على وجه الأرض في وقته وهو وقت النمرود الكافر الملحد الذي ادعى الربوبية وكان قومه يعبدون الكواكب ويبنون لها الهياكل ويسمون بالصابئة وهم في أرض بابل من العراق So at the time when Ibrahim عليه السلام was sent it was a time when shirk had become widespread a time when shirk had become widespread across the earth. And that was the time when Namrud, the disbeliever, was in charge, uh, in authority, at the time when Ibrahim salam was sent. And this Namrud, this particular leader, he claimed for himself Rububiyyah. And Namrud, Idda'ar Rububiyyah. He claimed for himself that he had some aspects of Rububiyyah. And they were a people at that time who used to worship the stars. They used to build shrines for them. And they were known as the Sabi'ah. And they lived in Babel, or the land of Babel in Iraq. ثُمَّ حَصَلَ بَيْنَهُ وَبَيْنَهُ مُصَادَمَ ذَكَرَهُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى فِي الْقُرْآنِ and then there was the conflict that occurred between Ibrahim salam and those people <coughs> until eventually Ibrahim salam 
He then left that place. Intaha bihijrati Ibrahim alayhi salam. Min ardi al-Iraq ila ardi al-Sham wa ila al-Hijaz. Haythu ja'ala qisman min dhurriyatihi fi al-Sham wa hum ishaq wa dhurriyatih. Awladu zawjihi sarrah. وذهب بإسماعيل بن سريته هاجر وأمه إلى مكة. Then it's mentioned that Ibrahim عليه السلام left Iraq and he took half of his family to the land of Sham. Sham, what is currently the northern area, Jordan, Syria, etc. That he took half of his family to that area and he took the other half of his family, his other wife, to the area of Hijaz, to Mecca, and he left them in those two areas. So when Allah mentioned in the Qur'an, وَقَالَ إِنِّي ذَاهِبٌ إِلَىٰ رَبِّي He said, I am going to my Lord, أَيْ مُهَاجِرٌ مِنْ أَرْضِ الْكُفْرِ وَالشِّرْكِ إِلَىٰ أَرْضِ التَّوْحِيدِ i.e. that I am emigrating from the land of Kufr and Shirk to the land of Tawheed in Sham and Hijaz. They were places that were blessed in Palestine at that time. That was the Sham area also. And in the Haram of Mecca, both of those places were blessed. وَفِيهَا الْبَيْتُ الْعَتِيقُ أَوَّلُ بَيْتٍ وُضِعَ لِلنَّاسِ وَهُوَ الْكَعْبَةَ الْمُشَرَّفَةَ بِمَكَّةِ in Mecca, there was the house of Allah, the Kaaba, of course. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave Ibrahim salam a land better than his original land. He was in Iraq. And they were people who worshipped the stars, and they were upon shirk, and Namrud was claiming rububiyah for himself, and then when the conflict occurred, Ibrahim alayhi salam left, and he left half of his family, Ishaq, and the progeny in Sham, and the other half of his family in Mecca, and both of those areas are blessed, and better than the land of Babel in Iraq, which he had left. So in this ayah, Allah speaks about Ibrahim alayhi salam. And he mentions that Ibrahim alayhi salam, Abu al-Anbiya, the second best prophet and messenger of all of the prophets and messengers, Allah mentions about him four characteristics in this ayah. There are four descriptions given of Ibrahim alayhi salam in this particular ayah. So if we understand these four characteristics, we understand these four descriptions, then these are descriptions of the one who actualized Tawheed. So if we follow upon these descriptions, then that is the pathway to actualizing, performing, perfecting the Tawheed also. The first characteristic that Allah mentions regarding Ibrahim alayhi salam, in the ayah it says, Inna Ibrahim kana ummatan. Ibrahim was an ummah. That is the first thing which is mentioned. And what that means is, Al-Qudwa fil-khayr. Al-ummah ma'anaha al-Qudwa fil-khayr. 
The meaning of this that Ibrahim salam was an ummah, it means that he was an example to be followed. He was an example to be followed. فَهُوَ إِمَامٌ لِلنَّاسِ So he is an imam for the people. And that is as Allah mentioned regarding Ibrahim alayhi salam, وَإِذِ بَتَلَى إِبْرَاهِيمَ رَبُّهُ بِكَلِمَاتٍ فَأَتَمَّهُنْ قَالَ إِنِّي جَاعِلُكَ لِلنَّاسِ إِمَامًا When Allah said, I am going to make you an imam for the people. So Ibrahim alayhi salam is an imam to be followed up until the day of judgment. He is an example meaning. He is an example to be taken, an example to be taken all the way till the day of judgment. يَعَنِي قُدْوَ لِأَهْلِ الْخَيْرِ إِلَىٰ أَن تَقُومَ السَّاعَةِ فَقَوْلُهُ أُمَّةِ يَعَنِي إِمَامًا وَقُدْوَةً So when Allah said in this ayah that Ibrahim a.s. is an ummah, إِنَّ إِبْرَاهِيمَ كَانَ أُمَّةً Meaning that he is an example to be followed. And as Shaykh Al-Fawzan says, Ibrahim a.s. is an example to be taken up until the day of judgment for those upon righteousness. He is an example to be taken up until the day of judgment for those who are upon righteousness. So that is the first characteristic mentioned of Ibrahim salam that he was an ummah, meaning that he was an example to be followed. An example to be followed in what though? An example to be followed in his practicing and implementation of tawheed. And that will be clarified further in the remainder of the ayah. Because the next characteristic that is mentioned is, إِنَّ إِبْرَاهِيمَ كَانَ أُمَّةً قَانِتًا لِلَّهِ قَانِتًا لِلَّهِ Meaning, القنوت في اللغة معناه الثبوت والدوام Meaning that he was persistent and consistent. Ibrahim a.s. was قَانِتًا لِلَّهِ Meaning he was persistent and consistent in his worship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He was regular, persistent, consistent in his worship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. يعني مداوماً وثابتاً على طاعة الله. He was established and grounded and consistent and persistent in his worship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. لا يتزحزح عنها. نعم. He would not be moved away from that or be taken or turned away from that. Rather, he was grounded and established in the obedience to Allah and he was consistent and persistent in that worship to Allah. Similarly, there is another meaning for this word, قانتاً, that Ibrahim salam was قانتاً لله. And that is, يُطْلَقُ الْقُنُوتِ عَلَى طُولِ الْقِيَامِ فِي الصَّلَاةِ It can be used, this particular word, to indicate somebody who prays lengthily. He prays long prayers. He prays long prayers, standing in the prayer for a lengthy time. And that is, as Allah mentioned in the Qur'an, حَافِظُوا عَلَى الصَّلَوَاتِ وَالصَّلَاةِ الْوُسْطَى وَقُومُوا لِلَّهِ قَانِتِينَ Preserve and guard over your prayers and the middle prayer and stand to your Lord meaning with lengthy 
standings in the prayer with calmness and with concentration and with focus and you pray that prayer calmly and lengthily. So qanitan, one of its meanings can also be somebody who stands and prays with long prayers, focused and in concentration to Allah. فَمَعْنَا وَصْفُ إِبْرَاهِيمِ بِأَنَّهُ كَانَ قَانِتًا So therefore the meaning of this would be that Ibrahim a.s. was qanitan lillah, i.e. أَنَّهُ كَانَ مُدَاوِمًا عَلَى طَاعَةِ اللَّهِ That he was somebody who was persistent or consistent upon the worship of Allah. He didn't break off. He was regular, consistent, always worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. ثَابِتًا عَلَيْهَا he was grounded, established firmly upon the worship of Allah. بِخِلَافِ الَّذِي يَشْتَهِدُ فِي يَوْمٍ أَوْ أَشْهُرٍ أَوْ شَهَرٍ أَوْ سَنَةٍ ثُمَّ بَعْدَ ذَلِكَ يَتَرَاجَعُ إِنْتِكَاسًا بَعْدَ مَا بَدَأَ This is in opposition to some people who maybe they begin with energy. They begin with energy for a day or a month or a year even. But then after that, the affair turns around 180 degrees and they become lazy, and they become slack, and they no longer are consistent upon that worship that they were doing. Rather, Ibrahim salam did not lose that consistency, not a day, not a month, not a year. Rather, he was persistent and consistent and grounded upon the worship of Allah always. Therefore, as Shaykh Al-Fawzan says, Al-Matloob min al-insan an yathbuta ala al-khayr. What is required from a person is that he is grounded upon goodness. He establishes himself upon goodness. Meaning that a person sticks to doing goodness. You stick to doing goodness consistently always. And that you don't ever break away from that. Even if it is something small. Even if the worship that you're doing is something small, it is something minor, then as long as a person is consistent upon that, then this is something good. You may pray the night prayer, but very short, maybe only half an hour. As long as the person is doing that regularly and consistently, then that is something good, even if the worship is only short and small. That is better than doing something long. Managing for a week and then becoming lazy and no longer you can do it. That is not better. Better is make it shorter, but be persistent, consistent in the long run. And this is what's mentioned in the narration. أَحَبُّ الْعَمَلِ إِلَى اللَّهِ That the most beloved of the actions to Allah are those that are consistent, even if they are a small amount. The actions, the obedience that is consistent, you are regularly and always doing it, even if it is a small amount what you are doing. So this indicates that Ibrahim salam, as his second characteristic was qanitan, meaning that he was grounded and consistent in the worship to Allah alone. Qanitan lillah. He was persistent, consistent, grounded in his worship to Allah alone. This indicates sincerity. هذا يدل على الإخلاص أنه يعمل هذا مخلصا لله لا يقصد به الرياء ولا سمعة. So Ibrahim alayhi salam was doing that sincerely for the sake of Allah, not desiring by it any 
any form of showing off of any nature. The Shaykh says, لِأَنَّ بَعْضَ النَّاسِ قَدْ يُصَلِّي وَيُحْسِنُ صَلَاتَهِ Because some people they might pray and they make their prayer really nice. يُطَوِّلُ قِيَامَهُ وَرَكُوعَهُ مِنْ أَجْلِ رِيَاءَ النَّاسِ Maybe some people they make their ruku' really long and sujood really long. But only to show off in front of the other people who are there watching them in the masjid. فَإِذَا أَحَسَّ أَنَّ عِنْدَهُ أَحَدْ يُطَوِّلُ رُكُوعُ وَسُجُودُ مِنْ أَجْلِ أَنْ يُوسَفَ بِأَنَّهُ صَاحِبَ طَاعَةِ So if he feels or he recognizes that there's somebody else around, then maybe this type of person makes his ruku' longer, his sujood longer, so that the people will say, MashaAllah, he's a person of obedience. He prays properly and lengthily. وَإِذَا صَلَّ وَحْدَهُ and if he prays by himself, what does he do? Shortens the prayer and makes it really quick. وَخَفَّفَهَا يُخَفِّفُ الصَّلَاةِ إِذَا كَانَ If he's by himself, he lightens the prayer, makes it short. But when he's in front of the people, if he's in front of the people, يُطَوِّل Makes it longer. So, الإخلاص, sincerity is, أَنَّ الْإِنسَانِ يَقْصُدُ بِعَمَلِهِ وَجْهَ اللَّهِ that a person intends by his worship the face of Allah. Sincerity, intending by it the reward from Allah. لا يقصد بذلك طمعا من مطامع الدنيا أو مدحا وتناء من الخلق. A person does not desire by his worship some worldly good, some worldly benefit, some position, some rank, some money, some status, some praise. That is not the reason for your worship. Rather, the person worships for the sake of Allah. So here, the second characteristic we have is that Ibrahim salam was grounded in the worship of Allah and he was consistent and regular, always worshipping Allah. The third characteristic which is mentioned regarding Ibrahim salam, إِنَّ إِبْرَاهِيمَ كَانَ أُمَّةً قَانِتًا لِلَّهِ حَنِيفًا حَنِيفًا What does Hanif mean? Al-Hanif min al-Hanaf وَهُوَ فِي اللُّغَةِ الْمَيْلَ وَالْمُرَادُ بِهِ هُنَا الْإِقْبَالُ عَلَى اللَّهِ وَأَنَّهُ مُعْرِضٌ عَنِ النَّاسِ مُقْبِلٌ عَلَى اللَّهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى يَطْلُبُ الْخَيْرَ مِنَ اللَّهِ وَحْدَهِ Hanifan in the Arabic language means to be inclined to something. To be inclined to something. So Ibrahim alayhi salam, he was inclined to and upon Tawheed. That's where his attachment was. So he was Hanifan, i.e. he was inclined, attached to Tawheed. And that is the <coughs> third characteristic. That Ibrahim salam was inclined to Allah. Disinclined from shirk and wrongdoing. But rather inclined towards Allah and towards worship and tawheed and obedience. So that is the third characteristic mentioned of Ibrahim salam that he was inclined to tawheed and worship and obedience of Allah. The fourth characteristic which is mentioned regarding Ibrahim salam وَلَمْ يَكُمْ مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ He was not from the mushrikeen. Ibrahim salam was not from the mushrikeen. وَهَذَا مَحَلُّ الشَّاهِدْ مِنَ الْبَابِ 
And this is the point of this particular chapter why this ayah is mentioned to highlight that Ibrahim alayhi salam was not from the mushrikeen, meaning that if a person wants to actualize tawheed, then you must completely and utterly abandon shirk. That's the point of this particular narration. أَنَّهُ تَبَرَّأَ مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ بَرَاءَةً He declared his innocence from the mushrikeen completely and utterly. أَيْ قَطَعَ مَا بَيْنَهُ وَبَيْنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ مِنَ الْمَوَدَّةِ مِنْ أَجْلِ اللَّهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى لَأَنَّهُمْ أَعْدَاءُ اللَّهِ وَالْمُؤْمِنُ لَا يُحِبُّ أَعْدَاءُ اللَّهِ Ibrahim السلام, cut off those mushrikeen completely. Because they were the enemies of Allah and a believer does not love those enemies of Allah. فَإِبْرَهِيمُ عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامُ لَمْ يَكُنْ مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ بِقَلِيلٍ وَلَا بِكَثِيرٍ Ibrahim salam was not from the mushrikeen, neither a little nor a lot. Not at all. قَطَعَ صِلَةُ الْمَحَبَّ بَيْنَهُ وَبَيْنَهُمْ He cut the ties of love between himself and them. Those people who were his own people perhaps, but they were upon shirk, so he cut the ties of any love and friendship with them. However, لكن أما سلة التعامل الدنيوي في المصالح المباحة فهذا شيء آخر. As for having connections to the disbelievers, the mushrikeen, for worldly affairs, trade and business and that type of issue, worldly affairs, trade and business and hiring a whore from someone in some other place that may be a disbeliever, for example, worldly connections of that nature, the shaykh says, that's something else. Here when we talk about that he was not from the mushrikeen and the point that we're making is, إِنَّمَا الْمُرَادِ قَطْعُ صِلَةِ الْمَحَبَّةِ وَالْمُوَالَاتِ وَالْمُنَاصَرَةِ Cutting off the mushrikeen in terms of having love for them, in terms of having association and allegiance to them. That's the type of cutting off. As for having a business transaction to hire something or to do some other business or trade, whatever that may be, then they are from the worldly affairs and that is permissible. That's mubah. To have some business trade or dealing, you want to buy a new kite, some mushrik selling it, it's permissible to buy it of him. Worldly trading of that nature is not the intent here. The intent here is that a person declares his innocence of the mushrikeen in terms of any love for them, in terms of any allegiance, association, friendship. Those types of affairs are cut off. But as for the worldly dealings with the people, then that is still permissible. أَمَّا التَّعَاوُنَ الدُّنْيَوِي فِيمَا فِيهِ نَفْعٌ لِلْمُسْلِمِينَ فَهَذَا لَا بَأْسَ بِهِ As for the worldly interactions with them, which may actually bring about benefit to the Muslims, there's no harm in that. There's no harm in that. That is not the affair of loving them, or having association to them, or having allegiance to them. Simply a business trade, a business deal. Next day you may do your deal or trade with somebody else. That is no association of love or allegiance. So these are four characteristics that are mentioned regarding Ibrahim alayhi salam. That he was an example to be followed. He was consistent and grounded regularly and always upon his worship to Allah. Sincerely to Allah. Thirdly that, thirdly, he was inclined towards the tawheed of Allah and away from the shirk. And fourthly, 
that he was not from the mushrikeen. He declared his innocence from the mushrikeen, from the shirk that they were upon. This is how a person actualizes tawheed. هذا هو تحقيق التوحيد يكون بهذه الأمور وأعظمها البراءة من المشركين. These are the types of affairs that a person needs to be upon to be actualizing and performing tawheed. For the individual who wishes to be actualizing and performing tawheed, this is the type of affair he needs to be upon. These are the characteristics. And the greatest of them, as Shaykh Al-Fawzan, Hafizahullah Ta'ala mentions is, your innocence and your declaration of freedom and innocence from those mushrikeen in terms of any allegiance or association of love or a connection of that nature. فَمَنْ تَبَرَّأَ مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ فَهُوَ مِمَّنْ حَقَّقَ التَّوْحِيدِ وَلَوْ كَانُوا أَقْرَبُ النَّاسِ إِلَيْهِ So the person who declares his innocence of the mushrikeen in that form of allegiance and love etc., then he is the one who is actualizing tawheed. That's what's required in the perfection and the actualization of tawheed, in the performance of tawheed in the correct manner. Even if those people were your own family members, they were your close members, they were your relatives, a person cuts off any links of love and association and allegiance in the religious manner. Here there's a point to be made though, if somebody was your own family member, your parents for example, and they were disbelievers, or your brothers or your sisters or your cousins, then a person may find in himself that he is unable to detach himself from them. They're his parents. He loves them. How does that person block his love for his own parents? They're his parents. They raised him up. They were with him throughout his life. Here the scholars explain that there are different types of love. And there is a chapter specifically which will come on this later too. But to briefly mention, the scholars they say there is one type of love which is a natural love. It is not a love which is a love of worship or any connection to worship. It is a natural love. For example, the love that you have for your parents. If a person now becomes a Muslim and his parents are still disbelievers... And this particular person, maybe he's 30 years old now and he becomes a Muslim. His parents are 60 years old now. He's been with his parents for 30 years. Ever since he was born till 30 years old now, they've raised him. They've given him everything he needs. They've given him a home. They've given him money. They've raised him. Everything for 30 years. This person now, he's going to have a natural love for his parents. Of course, that is not something that you're blameworthy for. If a person has that natural love for his parents, because they are his parents, that is the natural love. He doesn't love the kufr that they're upon. He doesn't love the shirk that they're upon. He doesn't uh, 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 condone, condemn or condone that in any way. He doesn't practice that in any way. He doesn't support that in any way. Rather, he distances himself completely from their shirk and their kufr and he doesn't participate with them whatsoever. And he explains that to them and he distances himself from that. But, Despite all of that, they are still his parents. And that natural link of him still being his parents is always going to remain. So that a person isn't blameworthy upon. But the love of association in terms of allegiance, of loving them religiously, meaning that they request you to do something, and that will mean that you are going to have to sacrifice something from your religion then you don't give precedence to them. If you start giving precedence to them, 
and therefore neglecting your religion as a consequence, now this is going into the haram type of relationship. Your connection to your parents in that case is the natural connection to your parents. Over and above that, then your allegiance and your love and your uh, uh, affairs of association are connected to the religion. So here Ibrahim salam he disconnected himself from the mushrikeen in terms of this allegiance, al-wala, wal-bara. <coughs> Even if they were from his own uh, close people. And it's mentioned about his father, Azar, how he called his father to the religion, but he refused. And that was from the closest of the people. The Shaykh says, and this is an important point, the Shaykh al-Fawzan says, وَالْيَوْمْ جَمَاعَاتٍ يَدْدَعُونَ أَنَّهُمْ دُعَاتِ اللَّهِ He says there are groups out there these days, organizations, groups out there these days, they claim that they are calling to Allah. They claim that they are giving da'wah, calling to the path of Allah, calling to Allah. And in reality, the Shaykh says, they do not distance themselves from the mushrikeen. They do not declare their innocence of them. You have the likes of Yusuf Qaradawi. Does he not say that the Jews, the Christians, everybody, they're all our brothers? Blatant. Here, as Shaykh al-Fawzani says, there are people out there, groups out there, they claim to be calling to Allah, yet they do not distinguish themselves and separate themselves from their association and allegiance to those who are upon this belief. وَإِذَا كَانَ يُرِيدُ نَعْمْ مَا دَامُوا عَلَى مَنْهَجِهِمْ الْحِزْبِ وَلَا حَوْلَ وَلَا قُوَّةَ إِلَّا بِاللَّهِ The Shaykh says, they will not declare the innocence of the mushrikeen as long as uh, the people remain upon their hizbi methodology, manhajuhum al-hizbi, upon their hizbi methodology, then they are happy to keep quiet and keep everybody with them. And this is the way of those deviated individuals. وَالْوَاجِبُ عَلَى الْمُسْلِمِ أَنْ يَتَّقِ اللَّهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى وَإِذَا كَانَ يَرِيدُ أَنْ يَدْعُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ فَلْيَعْرِفْ مَا هِيَ الدَّعْوَةِ وَمَا هِيَ أُسُورِ الدَّعْوَةِ وَمَا الْمَطْلُوبُ مِنَ الدَّعْيَةِ وَأَنْ يَكُونَ عَلَى طَرِيقَةِ إِبْرَاهِيمَ عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامُ وَغَيْرِهِ مِنَ النَّبِيِّينَ الَّذِينَ تَبَرَّأُوا مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ وَقَاطَعُوهُمْ بَعْدَمَا تَبَرَّأُوا مِنَ الشِّرْكِ وَأَخْلَصُوا الْعِبَادَةَ لِلَّهِ وَحْدَهِ So the Shaykh says what's binding upon a Muslim is that he fears Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that if he wishes to call to Allah, he wishes to give da'wah, then he needs to realize what this da'wah is. He needs to realize what the principles of this da'wah are. And he needs to realize what is required of a da'i, of a kola. And he needs to realize what the methodology of Ibrahim salam is. And other than Ibrahim salam from the prophets and the messengers, that they declared the innocence of the mushrikeen and they were not upon their methodology. Rather they were sincere to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then the next ayah, so there you have those four characteristics of Ibrahim alayhi salam, for the one who wishes to actualize tawheed. The next ayah says, وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ بِرَبِّهِمْ لَا يُشْرِكُونَ This is also a characteristic from the characteristics of the believers. Those, Allah says, those who do not commit any shirk alongside their worship of Allah. They do not commit any shirk with their worship uh, with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So they are free of shirk. هذه صفة من الصفات التي ذكرها الله في سورة المؤمنون 
في السابقين بالخيرات قال تعالى إن الذين هم من خشية ربهم مشفقون In this ayah <coughs> In Surah Al-Mu'minun Allah mentioned various characteristics of the believers There were various characteristics of the believers mentioned in this particular surah And at the end of those characteristics One of those mentioned is that the believers They do not commit any form of shirk in their worship to Allah And that is something which is no doubt required for the actualization and the perfection of a person's tawheed. It's impossible for a person to be claiming that he's upon tawheed, but at the same time making dua to the people in the graves and asking them for his needs and prostrating to them and performing tawaf around their graves. This is a problem. This is a complete and utter corruption in their aqidah. That they think they're upon tawheed, but at the same time they're going and bowing to graves and sacrificing to the graves. So the person who wishes to actualize tawheed, the person who wishes to practice this tawheed in the proper manner, then that individual must free himself of shirk and free himself of the people who are upon the shirk. After that, we have this lengthy hadith. And this lengthy hadith now, it mentions within it the story or the narration regarding the 70,000 who will enter paradise without any accountability or punishment. Directly into paradise. And this narration says that Hussein ibn Abdul Rahman will mention the narration now, then we'll come to the explanation next time. But the narration says, And Hussein ibn Abdul Rahman قال, Hussein ibn Abdul Rahman said, Kuntu inda Sa'id ibn Jubair. I was with Sa'id ibn Jubair. Faqal. So he said, So they were sitting together, and Sa'id ibn Jubair said, Ayyukum ra'al kawkab alladhi anqadha al-bariha. Who from you saw the shooting star last night? Who from you saw the shooting star last night? فَقُلْتُ So he says, I said, Ana, I saw it. ثُمَّ قُلْتُ Then I said, أَمَّا إِنِّي لَمْ أَكُنْ فِي صَلَاةٍ وَلَكِنِّي لُدِغْتُ قَالَ فَمَا صَنَعْتَ قَالَ إِرْتَقَيْتُ He said, I saw the shooting star, but it's not because I was staying up praying, it's because I'd been bitten by a poisonous animal, a scorpion. And that's why I was awake. So they said to him, what did you do in that case? You were bitten by the poisonous animal, what did you do? He said, Iltaqaytu. He said, I did ruqiyah. قال, so they said to him, the other one said to him, فَمَا حَمَلَكَ عَلَى ذَلِكَ What caused you to do that? What caused you to do the ruqiyah? قُلْتُ حَدِيثٌ حَدَّثَنَاهُ شَعْبِي He said, because of a hadith that a shabi narrated to us. قَالْ وَمَا حَدَّثَكُمْ He said, what did he narrate to you? قُلْتُ حَدَّثَنَا عَنْ بُرَيْدَ إِبْنِ الْحُسَيْبِ أَنَّهُ قَالْ لَا رُقِيَةَ إِلَّا مِنْ عَيْنٍ أَوْ حُمَحٍ He said that I heard a hadith from Burayda ibn al-Husayb that the Prophet said there is no ruqiyah which is more beneficial than from evil eye or the poisonous sting. So then they said to him, he said to him, قَدْ أَحْسَنَ مَنْ انْتَهَى إِلَى مَا سَمِعْ He said, excellent. How good it is, how good it is that somebody stops at what evidences they've heard. 
So you heard this hadith about doing ruqya for being stung by something poisonous, so you did the ruqya, excellent. So they praised him for stopping at the evidences that he knew. But then he said to him, Walakin, but, Haddathana ibn Abbas, he said, however, even though you've heard this hadith about doing the ruqya, let me tell you something else. I've heard a hadith from Ibn Abbas, anin nabiyyi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, from the Prophet that he said, عُرِضَتْ عَلَيَّ الْأُمَمْ The nations were presented to me. فَرَأَيْتُ النَّبِيَّ وَمَعَهُ الرَّهْدِ So I saw a prophet and with him was a group of people from three to ten, several people. وَالنَّبِيَّ وَمَعَهُ الرَّجُلْ وَالرَّجُلَانِ And a prophet and with him was one or two people. وَالنَّبِيَّ وَلَيْسَ مَعَهُ أَحَدٍ And a prophet who didn't have anyone with him. إِذْ رُفِعَ لِي سَوَادٌ عَظِيمٌ Then a great large number of people was shown to me. فَذَنَنْتُ أَنَّهُمْ أُمَّتِي So I thought they were my ummah. فَقِيلَ لِي هَذَا مُوسَى وَقَوْمُهُ It was said to me, this is Musa and his people. فَنَذَرْتُ فَإِذَا سَوَادٌ عَظِيمٌ Then I looked and there was another large group of people. فَقِيلَ لِي هَذِهِ أُمَّتُكَ It was said to me, this is your ummah. وَمَعَهُمْ سَبْعُونَ أَلْفًا يَدْخُلُونَ الْجَنَّ بِغَيْرِ حِسَابٍ وَلَا عَذَابٍ and with them are 70,000 who will enter paradise without accountability and without punishment. So then the Prophet ﷺ got up and he went into his home. So the people started discussing and debating who? Who are these 70,000 who will enter without any accountability? And without any punishment? So some of them said, فَلَعَلَّهُمُ الَّذِينَ صَحِبُوا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم some of them said, maybe the other companions, the ones who were with the Prophet ﷺ. Some of them said, Some of them said, maybe they are the ones who were born into Islam, and they never committed shirk in their life. And they mentioned various opinions as to who these 70,000 could be. Then the Prophet ﷺ came out. فَخَرَجَ عَلَيْهِمْ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ وسلم فَأَخْبَرُوهُ So they said to him, they were discussing who are these 70,000. فَقَالْ هُمُ الَّذِينَ لَا يَسْتَرْقُونَ وَلَا يَكْتَوُونَ وَلَا يَتَطَيَّرُونَ وَعَلَى رَبِّهِمْ يَتَوَكَّلُونَ He said, they are the ones who do not seek ruqya from the people. And they do not cauterize. Cauterization, the hot rods. We'll come to it next time inshaAllah. And they don't have bad omens. Like the bad luck day and Friday the 13th and all these things. They don't do this bad luck charms. They have their dependence upon Allah. He got up عنه, and he said, He said to the Prophet ﷺ, Make dua to Allah that he makes me from them. The Prophet said to him, you are from them. So Urkasha was given the glad tidings of paradise. So we can say certainly Urkasha ibn Muhsin is from the people of paradise. Then another man got up and he said, Ud'u Allah minhum. Make dua that Allah makes me from them. فَقَالْ سَبَقَكَ بِهَا Urkasha. The Prophet said to him, Urkasha has preceded you in that. He has preceded you in that. So this is the hadith regarding the 70,000. That is only the narration, the actual explanation and the benefits and the meanings of all of that. Insha'Allah ta'ala, that's what we'll begin with from next week's lesson.
Next week, inshallah, approximately 7.30, 7.40, we'll start with this hadith, the explanation of it and what it means, the shooting star, all of these things. We'll start with that next week, inshallah ta'ala. <coughs> وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين